Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Hello, welcome to Flaunt, build your dreams and live your sparkle. It is October and October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And because of that, the theme for my show this month is burlesque and boobies. (laughs) (laughs) And my guest is Kalita, um, Kalita Melouf, and she is amazing, beyond amazing. And the reason that I say beyond amazing is not only does she do burlesque, but she's also really adept at understanding trauma. And if you have ever had breast cancer or known somebody who has been through that journey, that is a traumatic journey as well. So that is one of the many things that we are going to address in today's show. So instead of prepping this whole thing, I just want to bring Kalita on and have her introduce herself to you so you know a little bit more about who she is, why you should listen to her, and what you are going to get out of today's show. Oh. Tall order. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but you can do it. (laughs) Okay, I believe you. I believe you. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. It's really, really a pleasure to be here with you. And so I think the, the title that most sums up um, my role and how I work with burlesque and how I work with people is an unusual role, uh, unusual title, which I've never heard before. And it's, I even, it came up and then I tried to, um, take it away, but people kept using it. So I just gave in, uh, showgirl shaman. Yeah. I say that specifically, not that I came through an established shamanic, um, training. I would say I'm a postmodern shaman. I do practice soul retrieval through burlesque performance art. So we are literally calling um, those of us who practice this um, art are calling the parts of ourselves that are very far from our bodies, having, having left because of trauma, and the parts of us that are so deep inside that they don't see the light of day. Both all of those parts we are calling to come out to our skin and shine out from there. So that, yeah. Yeah. And that's beautiful because so my show, most of the, we have men listeners too, but we have mostly women listeners Mm -hmm. and most women. It's funny. Burlesque is a female art form. People don't, I think, understand. Sometimes people think, oh, it's, it's stripping and it's about men. No, there are men that come to burlesque shows, but it is really, truly an art for women, by women, and about women. And as you talk about that soul retrieval coming through the skin, that's what's powerful about burlesque. And 
you and I both dance burlesque and you and I both use burlesque as a vehicle to accomplish some similar things and some different things. Yes. But that's what I think is so important that listeners understand going forward is we are a body and our body is that skin. And then as you were talking about, we are a soul as well. And when we have trauma, pieces of that soul can go all different places. And that is, yes. And that is why we feel disconnected. We feel ungrounded. We feel sad. We feel, we just feel weird and we don't know why. Lonely Lonely for our own selves. Yes. Our own sweet selves. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would like to dive boom, right in. Let's do it. (laughs) right into trauma. Everybody, if you're on planet earth and maybe if you're on another planet, I don't know those planets, but maybe if you're on those planets, if you're on earth, you have experienced trauma. And I think maybe some listeners are thinking, no, 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 my life was fine. Trauma can be, I love your, you've got this phrase, the boom, boom, boom trauma and the drip, drip trauma. (laughs) Trauma doesn't have to be, yes, thank you. (laughs) Trauma doesn't have to be what we think of as trauma. Like I mentioned, breast cancer can be a very traumatic thing. Any kind of cancer can be traumatic. A car accident can be traumatic. Can you talk a little bit more about the difference between boom, boom and drip, drip trauma? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I agree with you. For the longest time, I really was only aware of and able to articulate and point to and even track in my own life that I was responding to boom, boom trauma, which which can be said pretty simply that um, life is going along one way and an event happens. Um, it could be the... Um, Oh, I hate to say it, but I often say the a house burns down, but this is it's so close to home right now with all the fires. But and then afterwards life is incredibly different. And it is that event that you can point to and go, Oh my God, it was it can be um, something physical, it can be a rape or a molestation, it can be um losing a loved one. It can but these are there it's more discreet. Yes. And and like for me it was infidelity. It was D Day. Yes. The yes. day I found out, everything changed in that moment. Yes, absolutely. And drip, drip trauma, it is, it's a trance. Drip, drip, that's the trick. Drip, drip trauma is when every second of every day, it's not safe to be yourself. And you literally can't even track it until you're out of it. That's what's such a such a tricky situation. And it happens in, all, I'm going to just say flat out, all humans have drip, drip trauma to some degree. It might be so low that it, it doesn't need a lot of your conscious attention. But for a lot of us, it's, it's in the mid-range or higher. Um, and we just don't track it. We don't know what to call it. We don't even know to look for it. And I, I wanted to sort of back up because I think this example helps me. Um, when we are with our original caregiver, whether it's our mother or someone else, uh, this is the, the beginning of, of drip, drip trauma. Uh, as a little happy baby, yeah, our, we, we have a whole big mouth, smile, laugh, 
if our mother doesn't reflect the same degree of joy or the same degree of sadness, whichever our, our own window of welcome for our own expression, just as it is, it starts to shrink because we want, to, we want that mirror with our mom, so we'll shrink it down a little. And it happens in all these ways. Just imagine then you go to school and you're not mirrored by the teacher and then you're not mirrored by your peers in fifth grade because we really, honestly, we are only ever looking for a good mirror to be reflected. This is where burlesque starts to come in. Ho, 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 yes. ho. So the drip, the drip, drip. And I'll go ahead and say there is a, it is close to, um, if you wanted to find a medical term, it, it's close to complex PTSD. And so I just, I propose that most of us have some degree of complex PTSD. It's a lot more fun to call it drip, drip. You can see it. You can just feel, ooh, it's like a constant little drip reminding you that it is not safe to be your whole self. So it is the undoing of that, the coming back home. That's the really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I love how you describe that drip, drip, because this is being recorded in 2020. (laughs) You know, day one, there is a virus coming drip. What does that look like? Day two, it's really bad in China. It is drip, drip. Day three is coming at us and we're close. Drip, drip, drip. Day four, wear a mask, drip five. Stay at home. Don't go out. Wash your groceries. Groceries. And every single event, okay, I can handle that. Okay, I can handle that. Well, then we throw on the election, race riots, the whole world burning down, all of the, it's drip, 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 drip. And then people say, I don't know why I don't feel good. I don't know why I'm kind of depressed. I don't know why I'm disengaged. I, yeah. A lot of reasons. Yeah. A lot. A lot. And I'd even say that the, the magnitude, I would say drip, drip, and boom, boom, just teamed up this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just oh, arm in arm. They're just arm in arm for our whole, our whole world. Um, yeah. Yeah. The phrase you used, it's not safe to be in my own body. Um, that's a huge, that's a huge thing to think about because if you're not in your body, where can you be? Yeah. Um, (laughs) what, what, what ends up being the, the experience then is, um, a numbness, a frozenness. It's, it is a state of in effect, not existing. Ooh, yeah. It's almost moving, um, creating our own little black hole and getting in it. And then the whole, and we do require, I mean, our world right now, just with everything that you've mentioned, Laura, requires the unique medicine of (laughs) each and every one of us. I mean, just little body chills on that. Each and every one of us, we all have a piece of it, every last one. And any of our lights that get snuffed, um, it's noticed. Each of us matters intensely. So, yes, yes, yeah. So, so we've got this trauma, whether it's boom, boom, drip, drip, or both. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, we're not safe. <clears throat> we've got to get out of our body, and we're creating this black hole, and we're snuffing our life down. Look at you. Who, who, who? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting worse and worse. Some people feel that more profoundly than others. 
This is true. Yes. And, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because you talk in your work a lot about highly sensitive people and yes. some people can just kind of roll with anything. And, you know, you mentioned the house burning down and some people are like, yeah, my grandmother was very pragmatic and it wasn't that she was faking it. She would just be like, yeah, well, we'll deal with that. Okay. Well, he was killed. We'll, we'll deal with that. And you're like, <laughs> and, and I'm feeling all the feels. How does this impact highly sensitive people versus not highly yeah. sensitive people. Okay, here, this is, we're going to talk for a moment about sensitivity versus hardiness. Hardiness. Ooh. And I love that because every human is sensitive, every yes. last human. But this, it's actually, um, there's been research that, and this is not just extending to humans, but also to insects and animals, all living creatures, uh, 15 to 20% of each species is genetically highly sensitive, genetically highly sensitive. Um, so this means that that 15 to 20% of the population, that's really like one in five people. It's a yeah, lot. That's pretty high. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, perceives and processes, has to process more of the information from their environment. And this can be on a very physical level of sounds, literally can disturb highly sensitive people more, sounds and smell, all, all um, sense oriented, but it includes the emotional state of others that are around. The emotional tone of, um, can be far beyond, I can really be the emotional tone in some cases of all of humanity. Yeah. People so readily experience the grief of whole thousands of people. They really are actually, their system is trying to process it. Um, and so the remaining 80 to 85%, it's not that they don't notice anything, but they're able to dial it down. Uh -huh. They have an automatic, oh, filters it out filters it out. And so, you know, there's great and beautiful gifts. You know, the 15 to 20% of us, we are, um, we're the prophets, we're the yeah. visionaries, we're the artists. And, and we didn't get, you know, over the evolution of, of, of humankind, we didn't get eliminated. We were obviously needed. Yes. <laughs> we're yes. still here. We're still here. And, um, it's worth it for us to learn how to experience our sensitivity as a superpower and to reframe it for ourselves and actually care for ourselves in ways that might otherwise seem like laziness or indulgence or um, some other other way through the lens of a, of a hardier person. Like, why can't you just get it together and get a job, finish that project. Um, these are, you know, it's a whole other orientation towards being spirit in a body to be highly sensitive. Mm. And um, it's a whole other orientation. So we're called to embrace it and to learn how to embrace it. Um, yes. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of there was a book recently about being an introvert in an extroverted world. And if the world is pretty hearty and people can just tune it down, 
of course, us highly sensitive people sometimes feel like something is wrong with us. Yeah. And then especially in the US, it's work, 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 work. And you're valued on how long of hours you can work and how much you can do without. And it is a reframe and a different lens, how to take care of yourself. That right there is a profound statement, how to take care of yourself. Yeah. It, first of all, and I think it's very tied to something we were talking about earlier, which is the, well, at least it came up, uh, the, the mattering. How do, we, how do we even acknowledge that we matter? We have to know what we need. And ooh, after that, yikes what we want. So knowing our own needs and wants and acknowledging them as valid and, and as actually, uh, um, that's a first, that's a first enormous step. That's probably the first 10 steps. Yes. Um, and then delivering that for ourselves and fi finding ways to um, be, be met with whatever it is that we were chronically going without Yes, because you started by talking about, you know, the baby and the mom yeah. is near and when she's not reflecting and that really goes into the needs and wants. If you're saying I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm thirsty and nobody is caring, then how could you even get to your wants when those needs aren't being met? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I do find this is, this is a very practical thing, but I, I never used to have food at home. I'm single and I live alone and I live in a major um, urban area of San Francisco. So I would often eat out here and there. We have wonderful things. Oh, yeah. But it meant that I didn't, I didn't cook or prepare my own meals much of the time or even have the food in the refrigerator. And now in these last six months, I feed myself. Oh. I feed myself. It feels so massive to me. It's such a threshold Ooh. I've crossed. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And it's a very, it's also, it's a very concrete thing. It's often with highly sensitive folks, very uh, physical things and money, having enough money, having enough f literal food at, at, at my fingertips to feed myself. These are the things um, that I didn't use. They're the last things for a highly sensitive person to get to. We're so tuned into of the cosmos and yeah. um and spirituality and connection on this non-physical level in fact we live there yes. so it's slowly this coming down 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 into, into oh my god body. i have a body i have a body <laughs> and do you know how it actually ties in with the trauma um often being naturally highly sensitive leaves us prone towards incurring traumas of both the drip drip and the boom boom variety. And then it doubles up because yeah. high, highly sensitive um, uh, traits and aspects can mimic when, when they're not tended with loving care can mimic trauma just on their own. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That really makes sense. It's hard to tease out sometimes. Wait a minute. And we don't have to tease it out. We just need to pour the love on. Right, right. Because then it'll have to tease it out. Yeah. No, but sometimes it is important to at least start processing. Could it be something could different? Could it be? Could yes. It be? Could it be? The question is worth it. Yeah, yeah it absolutely is. Yeah. Now, kind of the third piece around this, the trauma, 
the high sensitivity. The third thing that I'm really fascinated with, and you, you talked about this with the food, is nourishment. Yeah. Nourishment, caring for yourself. Um, the whole concept of being undernourished about, I can do it. I'm smart enough. I can do without. And a piece of that is the high sensitivity, but I also think a piece of it is being a woman because we are so validated for being um, self-sacrificial. Oh yeah. You know, you're so good. You can do without. And I, that's a wound that I have worked with in my own life. Just because I can go without doesn't mean I should. Just because I don't need it doesn't mean that I don't deserve it. And I am not a better person for being a martyr. Mm, yeah. But that's a big one. I mean, it's a really big one. You've opened a, cha- a chasm, a chasm. Um, so nourishment. Nourishment. Let's nourishment. talk a little more about nourishment. So <laughs> Just at the bottom of this, if you happen to be seeing, I'm showing a round card that says nourish on it. At the bottom, it says receive. Receive. It's receive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from a an emerging deck of cards. And yeah, receiving. Oof, oof, oof. Even just to say the word. It's it's such a it's so it's so up it's so up for for me and so many women that I know. Yeah, yeah. I I it just makes I have to even pause. Just just naming these words nourish and receive. I have to even just pause. There's so much there. Mm-hmm. Um So this mattering that we're talking about a little bit ago, uh, I can feel it skin deep. But in order to really, um, when we feel how important, to feel that I matter at my core, um, it flies in the face of so many of the arrows. When if I ever, you know from almost everywhere, social media, um, movies, um, most intergenerational family trauma all points to um, having to uh, earn, earn and prove. Yes. Have a right to be. Yes. Yeah? To earn and prove it. And it, it, it goes so deep that to, to find that place in the middle of I, that my mattering is so obvious. You can see here. I mean, it almost leaves me without words. That that it um, the orientation is absolutely re- it's revolutionary. It's revolutionary, and it has nothing to do with I'm better or more than anyone else. What it requires is a deep. Oh, I wish I had another card, which is a special, not special. It for me to understand how much I matter and how special I am. I can only genuinely do that, here's the kicker, and know that I am worthy of all forms of nourishment through touch, through food, through shelter, through um, creativity, through great companionship. For me to know that in my bones, I have to at the same time know that that is true of every other human. Anytime I put myself down or puff myself up, 
which I like to call collapsing or posturing. When I, when I, when I shut myself down in shame, when I puff myself up in I'm better than you, which most of us toggle between those two. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know I'm special and I don't know the other is special. I can't. These two have to rise together. And um, that I think that is what we're called to as a species right now. And yeah. you can come at it from both sides, you know, but they, they, they rise together. The knowing of my own specialness, the knowing of your own specialness, unique and special. Every last yeah. one of us. Every last one. I hope yes. that answered it enough. <laughs> yes. No, it, it absolutely did. And it's so, I, I appreciated when you were pausing so much because there's 50 million things going through my mind. And I think same thing with so many other people. And it, it it's mattering. And it's that whole oneness, that true concept of oneness. And it's also that abundance, that there's no competition, that we okay. are all the same and we are all different. And when we think we are too similar, we're, we're not in competition with each other. We're each raising that pillar together. Yeah. And we're still unique enough that we can still come together. And it's my, my default is, you know, the masculine and feminine. It's the feminine way of doing things, but it's even deeper than masculine and feminine. I agree. I agree. Much deeper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, there was a little tendril and then the train went away. Shoot. I, that's okay. <laughs> it happens. It does. And if it comes back, jump in. It will. Because okay. the, the, the next thing that I want to lean into is I think people can hear us and they can understand this and they can say, I feel you and I've experienced that. And, and I can tell you've experienced it too, because I, Kalita's story is on her website. If you want to check out, you know, her website, you can read about her trauma and her story and her, her profound experience being undernourished, not only emotionally and psychologically, but on a physical level, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which was finally that catalyst for change. I can hear people thinking, Laura, I hear you. Kalita, I hear you. What does burlesque have to do <laughs> with any of this stuff? I don't get it. You both do burlesque. You both use it as a tool. You both <laughs> say it helps with this. I'm not connecting okay. the dots. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I have actually written a tiny book. Yes, and <laughs> I read book, her which, tiny book. Yeah, which not only tells you, it doesn't just say, oh, look, um, believe me, it's, it's a guidebook. It's a tiny guidebook to, and I will speak about it, but yes. I just to reference um, that it takes you through 13 steps to actually enact in the safety of your own home with whomever you choose to do it, the creation of a burlesque solo that answers the kind of things we're talking about. But here now I want to speak to the, what do you mean, how? When right. you do the steps, should you get the book and do the steps, you will have the felt sense experience. But I'm going to talk about it. Yes. It is being seen. Yes. All of the steps are guiding us to have this extraordinary and I'm so sad to say often um, elusive, like doesn't happen as much as, as we need by any means, this experience of being seen. 
I was talking about the mirroring earlier. Um, what I find is we actually have to learn how to see each other. Yes. It's not a given anymore. There's too, there's too much clouding. Our, our attention is too diverted. So, and, and not just our attention is diverted, our left brain, our analyzers are so central to our education as it has been. Um, we are taught to, to tell, you know, judge our judgments. Yes. We need our left brain. We need to be able to categorize and analyze. We can't, we can't survive with just a right brain, but our right brains are undernourished. Um, and it's through the right brain that we actually recognize when we look at someone that they are a human and not a function. Yes. So essentially, I'm using, using conscious burlesque, um, the creation of the act where every step of the way in this way of doing it involves another person, at least one other person who's there to see you. And they're there to reflect to you, even if you've just begun and you've chosen your song and, you, and you've chosen how you'd like to feel through the process of creating it and through the, the performance. They're there to reflect to you what it felt like to them in their body as another human to witness you. And that's the level of reflection that you share with them. How did it feel to be me in this, this first stage of the improv or this third time as I'm working out this bit of choreography? How did it feel? And so we're being witnessed and it's this, it's actually, it's the reverse of the drip drip. Yes. So what is that? What, what, I, I remember someone, it wasn't me, maybe it was you. Somebody in one interview at some point thought of the opposite of drip, drip trauma. I think it's yes, yes or something. Oh, I like a lovely that. phrase like a, it's like, it's, it's awake, wake up, wake up. So it's this process of literally awakening. This is what it feels like to be me. I can feel this good and authentic and in the center of myself. So we're, we're using we're using the act as a gym for authenticity, for embodied authenticity, and revealing ourselves while we are not thinking on an, an analytical level. Our bodies are knowing I freaking matter, I yes. matter so much, and our bodies are getting to know it. Yes, yes, so that's how. And then we're so sparkly inside, as you know. Oh, it's, yes. yeah, yeah. We're so sparkly inside that that's why you might, you can wear whatever you want, but you're probably going to want to wear something sparkly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And we are, we're physical beings, we're emotional beings, we're spiritual beings. And what I often tell my people is it really doesn't matter which road in. No. If it's the emotional road or the physical road or whatever road, take a road in. It will get you there. And burlesque yeah. is a very powerful road in. It's a powerful road in. Well said. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I love about it. And that's, you know, same thing, why I use it in a similar yet very different way. It is the physical way into our bodies. And I like how you use, you know, the idea of, witnessing and seeing and be, being seen because it makes sense. And what are you? You're a physical being. What can I see? I can see your body. Yes. And, and we see what is animating it. 
Yes. See that animated yet. Um, and it, it is the paradox. We have to be here. We actually have to live in our bodies in order for our spirits to emanate through. We yes. can't just float. float and disembody up and shine from up here. While we're a human, this, I'm pointing to my body, this is where we shine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so powerful. When is your book available? What is it called? And how can people find it? That's wonderful. It's available even right now on pre-order at burlesquesolo.com. Perfect. Yep. And it's called How to Create a Burlesque Solo from the Inside Out. Which is the magic of it. Yeah. It's yeah. not just let's do a four-step taps and then clap our hands and then take off the left glove and then take right. off the right glove. No. Not that there's anything wrong with no. choreography or direction. This is just that inside-out way of doing it, which yeah. I appreciate and which is what drew me to the art of burlesque in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Yes. We're going to take a quick break for okay. um, our sponsor. And then when we come back, I am going to take you through the five steps of flaunt. So listeners can get Yay. a little deeper into your insides and really learn who you are as a woman, oh as a gosh. human who matters. So, oh, okay. oh, yes. So we will be right back. Beautiful. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra, Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. All right, and we are back with the beautiful and amazing showgirl Shama Kalita Meluf. And we are going to take her through the five steps of flaunt so you can start learning a little bit more about her. Now, I had mentioned earlier that her story is on her website, and you can absolutely go read that a little bit. Um, I know it a little bit, so I'm going to kind of poke in with some okay, of my Okay, okay. <laughs> FLAUNT is an acronym, and it stands for Find Your Fetish, Laugh Out Loud, Accept Unconditionally, Navigate the Negative, and Trust in Your Truth. Now, Finding Your Fetish. I know that you have experienced some disconnect from your body. I know that in the past you went through some ballet training and kind of had that whole problem that I think most of us experienced when we danced <laughs> was that I have to diet and I have to exercise and I have to be zero body fat and, and I wish I had a different arch and I wish we have this incredible hang up with our bodies and sometimes it disconnects us from the joy of dance or from the joy of movement because we're so yeah. focused on that. Yeah. yeah. So I would like to hear you talk about your fetish and how the joy of dance was within you as a child, then how you disconnected from that, and then how you were able to kind of find your fetish in that dance space again when you switched dance forms. Ah, okay. 
Shall, can, shall I just, because you laid out the story, so I'll, kinda, I did. <laughs> I'll, jump, I'll jump to the, I'll jump to the, yeah, well, I didn't know, uh, I mean, the word shimmy was not really in my vocabulary. No. Um, and I, but I did know that my path back to myself would involve dance. So I had been trying, I'd been trying with ballet and with modern dance and none of it, none of it was a was a fit it was a, it was better when I was dancing but none of them were a fit and and it was oh I have to really credit my dear friend Char who she she at the time was a, a professional modern dancer Ooh. and I've been trying and trying with the modern and and we sat in her in her little car outside the post office here in San Francisco in the mission district and she asked me when we were we were noticing yet yeah, this is not a fit she said, how do you naturally move? What a beautiful question. How do yeah. you naturally move? No one had ever asked me that. No. Um, and I thought about it. I said, okay, I make, I make shapes and gestures. I give a lot of face. My face is animated. I tend to pitter my feet do, 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 with my feet. And then we thought about that. We thought, well, that sounds like it might be a form of folkloric dance. Sounds like a good place to start looking. And the first class that I took in that research project was a Brazilian dance class. Oh. And so we shimmied, we sashayed our hips with our arms up in beautiful victory V across the floor. And I knew my fetish immediately. Yeah. It was. I mean, I already knew it. It was very intuitive to me as a child. But then when I left my body, I had to go and relearn it. Yeah. So I got that. I relearned, oh, this is how I nourish my body on a physical level. This is my fetish. Yeah. yeah. That's how I found that. I, I love that story because I work with a lot of women who come in and they say, I don't know what I want and nothing makes me happy. Yeah. And yeah. And people are always told to try yoga, try yoga. And people, I cannot tell you how often I've heard they're like, I tried, I went to one class. And then it'll be like, do you realize there's hot yoga, there's booty yoga, there's flow yoga, there's yin yoga, there's, do you realize there's like 60 different kinds of yoga? And they're always like, oh, there's a different form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll like something yeah. else. And I love how you talked about that. It's not ballet. It's not necessarily modern. It's not, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I hope listeners, yeah, I hope if you're thinking, oh, that shifts things for me. Maybe I can go try something and end up falling in love with it. You can. You can. Yeah. The second step of flaunt is L, and that stands for laugh out loud. You have been through some trauma in your life in different ways. How does laughter work with trauma? How does laughter work with healing? How does laughter work with that undernourishing and that highly sensitivity? What is the role of laughter that you have noticed and that you use in your life? Um, uh, laughter is, <laughs> oh my gosh, a day without laughter is a very sad day. And I find actually in working, even when addressing really, really heavy um, transformation. Laughter is, it allows our body to reset and reframe 
um, not in a disrespectful way. Obviously, right. there's, moments, there's moments where laughter would would be separating and take us out, but very, very often, very close to, very close to the deepest hurt is um, hmm, a way that that we've we've shut down our our ability to find the softness and the mischief and the humor because it's always it's always there it's always there and um i know i'm not being very specific because i'm not thinking of a specific instance but i I do know that even uh, actually here wait i caught i caught something that even without saying a specific um there is a way in any time that we don't have an experience that we want, when we're constantly saying, oh, gosh, I really, uh, you know, I don't know why, but I can never stay at a job longer than nine months. Yeah. I don't know why I'm making this up. Right. Um, there's some intended positive outcome. You don't 100% not want that. Some part of you, it's actually being a balm for so it's getting yeah. curious about the present state that you think you don't want, but actually some part of you does want it. And when, when, we, when we start to discover why it is, and this could be a whole, you know, there would be a different discussion. It might be because maybe your mother or your father never stayed at a job longer than nine months and something in you is wanting to Did honor it? them, honor them. So when we realize that these are the two stages we have to go through before genuine change happens and OMG WTF. Yes. And when we really go, OMG, I'm not staying at jobs longer because my grandma or my father, we really have to live the full. And when we really sink into the full OMG WTF, you mean I'm not living what I want to because of some weird, I'm honoring someone in a way that actually doesn't honor them. We have to, there is laughter in there. Yes. It's so absurd. The reasons that we are not yet moving into our desired state of life, there is always an absurd. There's absurd absurdity. So we cry and we laugh. We get the whole OMG a WTF out of the way, and then we can ask. And now, what would I like now that it, I'm freed up to have a new experience? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I love the word absurd, and absurd. yeah, because it it is absurd. And the AU stands for accept unconditionally. And I call that the golden center of flaunt. And I think what you were describing is a lot of that unconditional acceptance. We look yeah. at something and like that, we realize I was doing that yeah. and, it, it, and it is absurd. And the only thing to do is accept unconditionally that, yes, I was doing that. And to your point, and now what? Yeah. And now what? <laughs> now what? Yeah. Do I continue doing it and stay exactly where I'm at or do I change that? Yes. Yeah. And, and oh, please. Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, go ahead. Cause I'll, I'll jump into this. Okay. So the accept unconditionally is making me think of since it's come right out of like, Oh my God. Right. <laughs> um, it's in all of what we've been doing is we tend to resist we resist the present state, whatever it is. We're, and we're putting all of our energy so strongly into resisting that the minute we actually turn to it with this, oh, well, of course, 
Of course, of course, I've not been reaching for what I want or able to receive it. Of course, in that, of course, which has implicit deep breath, the OMGWTF is implicit and it's the natural um, composting of the resisting. And when the resisting relaxes, we, we are automatically in that accepting and we automatically move to the next state. That's why it's good to know what you'd like the next state would be because as soon as you stop resisting the present state, you'll move to something. You might as well have it pre-set up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or at least an idea. At least an idea. At yeah. least an idea. Which is perfect for that next step of flaunt and that is navigate. And I call it navigate the negative because we have negativity ingrained in our brain that this is wrong and this is negative and I can't do this. And it's not really negative. It just is. It's just, yeah. it is where you're at. And when you accept unconditionally, I love how you talked about composting and then it's moving to that next thing. And that is that navigating. And I was hoping you could share some of your tips for navigating to that next level, for figuring out what is that next step? Because it's so easy to get locked in that I fight, I resist, it's a life is an uphill battle, blah, 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 or I'm disconnected. And then it starts composting and it starts relaxing. How do we move forward? What are your tips for navigating that next step? I want to say not just think, it's a combination of think and step into at, in, the, in a testing out way. Yeah. How you would like, how you would like to feel. Yeah. So sometimes that comes from experiences that we've had in the past that we know we really loved. Yes. Um, it becomes trickier when we're calling in, as often we are, something that we've never yet experienced. It's actually off of our map of reality. Yes. And we just, we might just have a dim, uh, we have a sense that there's something better, but but we don't, um, it's not clear because we've actually never had the experience. This is where we can actually use either other people that we know or movies that we've enjoyed, characters in movies, all of these ways work. Because whether or not you've ever thought about this, we step into other people's experience, even if they're a fictitious character. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Step in and we feel it out. Um, it even could be a celebrity that you've just seen them on TV, but, or they represented that person in a movie. If it seems like they're having a kind of experience that you'd like to have, just do this. Just literally put yourself in their shoes for a moment and see how that feels. Yes. And then you can actually claim that in part of the, in part of, as part of where you're going. Say, ooh, that feeling that, I'm not thinking of a movie right now. Actually, I'm thinking of Tinkerbell. For whatever reason, oh, how sparkly Tinkerbell is. Yes. And she flies around and she is super connected to, I would say she's super connected to both human and spirit. Yeah. So I yeah. want that feeling. I want to be, I want to feel like Tinkerbell more. So that you start, that's part of going, uh huh, cool. And, and then you also, you're wanting to appreciate how you feel now. Maybe right now you feel pretty depressed. Yes. And you're not so in touch. So you're, you're, well, of course, of course I'm feeling depressed. And you, 
acknowledge yourself for the reasons that you can tell and even all the others that you can't tell. And then you're holding in the same time this Tinkerbell picture. And I'd like, this is where I'd like to go. As long as you, OMG, WTF, and of course, yes, present state enough, you've got this Tinkerbell state loaded up. Yes. Clear enough to you because you felt it from the experience of that character. So you'll recognize enough. You're giving enough of that navigation for yourself to get there. Mm-hmm. Which I, I love that. I love how you explained it because you do have to go through all that. This is not a spiritual bypass. This no. is not, you know, faking a smile. It's saying, no, correct. yeah, it's, it's that GPS. I want to go there. Yeah. I'm not there now, but that's where I want to go. Yes. And it's the creative tension of honoring where we are. Sometimes the, in the, Sometimes law of attraction gets it gets miscommunicated. There's a little missing of the honoring and acknowledging of the present. And there's I've I've experienced it myself, and I've witnessed it in others. Of I don't want to say the negative thing because then I'm going to make more of it. You actually we we have to of course the crap out of the present state. If we just try to just put a blinder on it, um, that won't work. We haven't we haven't composted. No. 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 And we need to know that that, no matter how painful that state is, that's the desired state from a previous present state. Yes. That, that was the better. Even if it doesn't look like it, that is the better state to the previous one. So it deserves acknowledging, not that we need to stay there. No, no, yeah. exactly. And I, and I like how you use that timeline because that's what it is. It was created in the past. Now I see it. Now I can create better. Yes. Yeah. And then the very last step in flaunt is T, trust in your truth. And I, I know you have a very beautiful truth and I just want to be the mirror and I want to reflect your beauty and your depth and your esoteric wisdom and, and your ability to combine the body and the sensitivity. And I also want to acknowledge and thank you as a spirit for going through so much of the painful journey that brought you here. So namaste to that. And I would very much love it if you would honor us by expressing your truth, by claiming your truth out loud, and by expressing who you are. Thank you, Laura. I think it's I think I've been all along the way and we'll see if I can just come. um, Yeah. Okay. Mm. It's sometimes hard to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that, I think that um, a central, a central truth for me that I believe is, is a unique medicine that I have here to share not only with my own body and self, but with other bodies and selves too, is to love and trust this sweet animal, this sweet animal, which is our body, the home of our spirit. And as long as we're human, we cannot separate them. They're absolutely inseparable. My body is not something I can, I can trade in. No. You know? Uh, it's it for me i'm i'm comfortable with saying this my body while i'm here it is me i don't mean i'm limited to it but it is me and so coming home to i think uh, the the truth that the 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 three r's which i haven't talked about it's so easy to say um 
um, these are a ways that I synthesize my understanding and truth is so I've just been speaking about reveling in the body. Yes. The first R. Um, and enjoying my body. Yes. As much as possible. Yeah. And letting other people see me in my body while I'm enjoying her, that which is really revealing the second R, revealing my radiant essence. Yes. And then here's the one I'm really, really working on. The third is then me receiving what I actually desire, which is to be connected in my body to others in a way that magnifies the light and the unique medicine of all of us working web-like, playing web-like together to reweave our world. That's beautiful. I like the web-like and reweaving our world because that is exactly what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell listeners where they can learn more about these three R's, about you, about your programs, about everything, where they can get in touch with you? Yes. Um, a, hub, a hub online for me is showgirlawakening.com. And, and there's a quiz on there. And it's a fun one. It's a fun one. It's finding out your showgirl archetype. Um, that's a great way to start. Find me at showgirlawakening.com and take the archetype quiz and, and we'll start to hang out. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> and once you start hanging out with her, you're never going to stop. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for being here. Listeners, I feel that that was a deep show on a soul level. I feel like the vibration of this show is going to go deep and it's going to hit you deep within the physical core of your body. So if you have any questions or comments or just want to share what comes up, please reach out to either of us or to both of us. We are absolutely, yes, willing to talk to express, to experience, to be a mirror, to reflect back to you, to hold space to whatever it is. I trust that you heard this at the exact perfect time for you and that it is going to be a catalyst for change in ways that maybe you were only just beginning to understand. Can I say a big thank you to you, Laura, for all that you hold space for? Um, you have dedicated your life to others sparkling in the most profound ways. And I, I just want to acknowledge you for, um, I know what it takes and it's a lot. It is a, it is a big mission and it, you do it so beautifully. So thank you. Oh, you yeah. are so welcome, my dear, right back <laughs> at you. <laughs> Listeners have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. 
Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com.